the second speaker of the day you've already met him is uh, dr david powett he's an experienced he's experienced uk and international school principal having worked in the role in this role for 25 years he's the proud principal of budapest british international school he's a regular program facilitator executive coach and leadership mentor as a director of coaching services at kaa david has facilitated several coaching programs in schools internationally and works directly as a coach with numerous school leaders worldwide he has recently completed a doctorate in leadership and coaching in schools david facilitates several cohorts of international teaching staff through the international program for middle leaders for the council of british international schools and has taught several heads and principals how to facilitate their own programs he's a fellow of the institute of leadership and management his session topic is coaching why you need to become a coach david the floor is yours thank you and welcome well thank you so much it's a great honor to be to be able to speak at this um, this wonderful conference thank you so much charles for your introduction I'm very grateful to you and um, it sounds when you when you introduced me just then i was thinking goodness me um, michelle was just talking about no ego and i think you've just massaged mine actually <laughs> by saying all those kind things so thank you for that um, I, actually i'm just a normal guy and um, just going back to what michelle was saying in his great presentation uh, there's no magic here it's just hard work and um, i think i want to share with you some thinking about coaching and why it's a really good idea for school leaders to learn how to coach and how to become coaches and how to use coaching in their work so what i'm going to do with everyone's agreement uh, david if you don't mind can you give it a little more volume because i think you've brought it down a little too low yeah okay is that better yeah that's good great okay no problem you just 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 guide me through it um i'm going to share my screen um so that yeah that's good see. the voice is good okay great thank you i'm hoping that um let's see if this this will come through uh the, sh the screen should start sharing now is that okay everybody can see that yes we can see your screen great. your screen is visible yeah great thank you Okay, so there's a little bit about me. Charles has introduced me, and the, the, the topic really is why why you should become a coach. Um, and what I'm going to do is just explain really what we're talking about in this session, which is is really what's in it for you and what's in it for your people in your school, for your staff, your colleagues, perhaps even for your students and the community. Now, is it worth the effort of becoming a coach? Um, how can you do that and what might you find from it there's a little bit about me i got interested in coaching about 10 years ago and i started to study it with the institute of leadership and management to a level seven coaching and mentoring i've run multiple coaching courses in schools internationally a lot through google meet or through zoom um, which has been a really great way of developing coaching in international schools during the pandemic. Um, I've, I've worked with about 80 clients and still work with um, uh, 12 at the moment. And I've been a principal in six schools internationally and relatively recently completed my doctorate, which is about coaching. And I'm going to share with you some of the things that 
that we learned through the research that we did. Um, I was interested in some questions really, and, and one of them was this, why is it that some people just don't seem to change? And the, the, the effort that we put in to our colleagues and, and our students as school leaders, sometimes they don't seem to change much. And we work really, really hard. <laughs> it can be quite frustrating. And so that kind of led me to think, well, how is it that adults actually learn? And is there, are there things that get in their way that stop them from learning? And is coaching something that, a tool that we could use that might help people learn? And as I started to use coaching more in the schools where I was serving as a principal, I started to notice that not only did the client or the coachee learn, but so did I. And in fact, in one of the pieces of research I did, I started to realize that I was learning much, much more about myself as a leader because I was listening to my staff as they were talking about the things that they were engaging with. And that became my doctoral thesis. So I'm just gonna show you the conceptual framework of what we're talking about. So if you look at this diagram, you'll see the square box that says school leaders who coach. So I was only interested in exploring what happened with school leaders who were actually coaching. And I wanted to know how does being a coach promote their reflection on their experience? Uh, Michelle was talking in his session a little bit about that kind of those moments of mindfulness when we pause and we reflect that wonderful photograph of students and adults and parents sitting reflecting and trying to capture that sense of the present so i wanted to know it does coaching help with that and then does that reflection on experience then lead to some kind of learning that was the next thing i was interested in and if that happens how does that reflection and learning enhance the, the self-efficacy beliefs of a school leader who coaches? Self-efficacy being defined as a person's belief in their ability to repeat something in the future based on their experience in the past. So if you're coaching and you think, well, I, I can actually lead my school more effectively because I've got a confidence in my own ability to do that, that's a, in a sense a way of articulating my self-efficacy belief. And other research that's amazing from Professor John Hattie and people like that have shown that a student and an adult's own belief in their ability to succeed is one of the biggest indicators of school success. In other words, if you don't believe you can do it, you probably won't. Uh, and then I wanted to know what this, this line of dependent variables, the reflection, the learning, the self-efficacy might have on a person's agency, as in their ability to go and make a difference, and whether they actually did anything with this learning. And we're all really enjoying this great conference over the last two or three days, but will we do anything with it, or will we just enjoy it? Will it make our schools better? Will it make the experience that young people have in our schools better because of it? And we hope so, but we don't know. And that's what agency is all about. So here we've got these four headings, reflection, learning, self-efficacy, and agency. 
Now, I also discovered in my research that the, the level of coaching skills and the understanding of coaching acts as a moderator. If people don't really know what they're doing, then it doesn't, coaching doesn't really have very much effect. And we discovered that unless a person has really learned how to coach and they've trained properly and really engaged with the conceptual ideas behind coaching as a set of skills, then they don't get very much from it. And um, we also discovered that depending upon the number of clients and the frequency of coaching, the effect is amplified. Uh, if you have only one client and you don't coach very often, you don't get very much from it. If you have lots of clients and you start working with people, lots of different people, really listening to them unfold their stories as, they, as you work with them, then it has a powerful effect on you as a leader. And of course, one of the things that we don't really know in this piece of research is what, what the school's contexts are. Um, they are they're variables that we can't deal with. So in my research, I looked at only school leaders who actually coach, and I looked at the effect on them as reported by them. Okay, and this is what we discovered. So here in the bottom left-hand corner is the coachee. And what happens in coaching is that we ask questions to them and we say to them, okay, so what is it that you want to talk about? What is on your mind? What is in your heart that you want to discuss today in this session? What would you want to get from this session? And in this, in this experience, the coach asks the question and then the coachee or the client starts to explore that topic. And we might use a particular tool to do that. We might use a grow tool or a clear or a cigar or something like that, a coaching tool we might want to use. And the client starts to share their experiences. And what they're doing is they're unfolding a narrative as we help them reflect on their experiences, right? But of course, it's not only the coachee who's hearing that narrative as a coach, we're hearing it. So we start to see their world. We have this privilege of starting to see another person's world. It's almost a bit like reading a biography. You get an insight into the world of another person. With coaching, you start to get an insight into how another person thinks, sees the world that we're in. So here is the coach at the top of the diagram, um, applying their knowledge and skill of coaching. And one of the key skills there is questioning and listening. Coaching is not like I'm doing now, telling. It's, it's all about not doing that. It's about asking a question and then being comfortable silence and listening to what people say because that starts to elicit a dialogue that helps us explore future possibilities and as a coach we use different tools and models to get a satisfactory outcome and in that process we're continually in a live real time real world context continuing to assess where our learner is in their learning. And that helps us work out what to ask, what to talk about, what might be important. And as the coaching 
gets more sophisticated and we get better at it, we not only listen to what people say, but we listen for what they don't say that we might have expected them to talk about. You know, you'll have had these conversations with people in your schools where someone comes to you and say, hey, you know, Charles, it's not really happening for me. And you go, okay, well, tell me about it. And they start talking and you think, this is not the truth. <laughs> this is there's something else going on here. And yet they're not really able to say it. So we listen out for that. And the coaching is all about this important skill as well, building rapport and building trust as we work with our colleagues. And to, to articulate what happens, I use Albert, Professor Albert Bandura's theory of social learning, social modeling. He, he, he was a great theorist um, and died very recently, so he's very up to date, his stuff. Um, but what he said was people learn in four ways and they learn through mastery as being one of them. The more we practice something with skill, the better we get at it. And you can see in the diagram, the arrows, that there's a sense of mastery as we practice coaching. You know, when you do it more, you get better at it, especially if you think about it. So you get better at listening, better at questioning, better at reading a person, better at hearing what they're saying and what they're not saying, better at thinking strategically. All important skills for school leaders. We also learn vicariously, as in we start to live the experience of our colleague as they are living it. We learn through verbal persuasion, a little bit, because their narrative starts to influence us. Sometimes they hold views and have perspectives that we think to ourselves, I don't agree with that. And in our conversation, in my mind, I'm thinking, although I don't agree with it, it's not my job to tell you that, my job to help you work out what you think but of course I can't unknow what I know and it starts to get me to have an internal dialogue the emotional and cognitive state is the final way of learning and what we notice this is the bit where we experience coaching that starts to touch on the mindfulness paradigm that Michelle was talking about when you, you start to coach, you start to slow your body down, your heart rate drops, your amygdala gets desensitized and you start to develop blood, really starts to flow into your cerebral cortex and you really start to be able to focus. And you experience these moments of flow. Michelle was asking, how often do you experience that moment when you're completely present in the moment? And one of those for me is when I'm coaching, I'm completely focused and I experience this flow, it's, it's wonderful. And we notice that these four areas of learning, mastery, emotional, cognitive state, vicarious learning and verbal persuasion, all contributed when people coach to an increased sense of agency in themselves as school leaders. And most importantly, that had the effect of acting as a counterbalance to the pressure that we feel as school leaders pressure from parents, budgets, governments, etc. External challenges. It, it didn't push them away, but it just helped us cope better with them. And it was really interesting in the study I did, I noticed a couple of school leaders, one particularly, who said if he hadn't been coaching, he would have given up his job because it was so difficult. But it was the coaching that not only helped his colleagues, but sustained him in his work. So. We know from lots of studies that coaching helps people. 
this is one of the first studies that's shown that actually it's a really helpful thing that you can do for yourself. It's much, much more restorative for your own self-efficacy beliefs and your agency as a leader than we might have previously thought. So this, um, this final slide, and I think Charles will give everybody all of these slides, um, through my school, through uh, Budapest British International School and, and KAA, which is a British uh, professional development company, if you want to know more, um, please you can find my doctoral thesis, the, uh, the, you, if you really want to read it, <laughs> you're very welcome. Um, the summary, hopefully, is the place to start, really, and there's a link to the thesis there, it's available from the University at UCL. And our company, we have a whole range of different online platforms to learn about coaching. We also teach uh, schools if they want to, to start learning how to coach as well. Uh, so feel free uh, to reach out and get in touch with me either via my uh, company uh, email address or our school email address. And we'd love to have a continue the conversation and talk more about coaching and how it can help you and how it's a great thing to do. Thank you, Charles. I'm going to finish there and hand back to you.